0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of After the Game, a conversation with my dad where we talk about all things sports and especially discuss the post-Jazz game. My name is Spencer. Hey,
1: and this is Barry the Dad on a night when Jazz fans are hanging their heads as they lose a third straight game to the L.A. Clippers and go down 3-2 in the second round of the 2021 NBA playoffs. A heartbreaker to the Jazz a game that earlier in the day you would have thought the Jazz have an opportunity here to win since Kawhi Leonard was declared uh, unavailable due to a, uh, a sore knee and the Jazz have an opportunity to, to get get it. They're in home and they don't and they lose and they're down three oh, two. a lot of tears being shed by Jazz fans tonight. Spencer, what are your initial thoughts?
0: When I woke up this morning, I saw that Kawhi Leonard was out and I saw that CP3 was out due to COVID. And so I was like, this is ridiculous news, kind of sad, but we'll take it. Hopefully this will bring energy to the Jazz. Like, listen, if we can get this win tonight, we can get another win on Friday. We can maybe play the Suns and get a Suns team without Chris Paul for at least one game and we'll just take what we can. I mean, it was just bad luck by Chris Paul, I guess. And then... I, number two, I, I don't like eight o'clock games just because I, I feel for you on the East Coast. It just seems like an eternity to wait for the game. So I was like hoping the Jazz would come out strong, and they did. So my big takeaway is the Jazz came out strong. Bogdanovich hit about six or seven threes in a row, which is kind of almost unheard of for anyone, unless you're like Steph Curry. And then I looked at the score, and we we're only up like two or three. And so if that doesn't tell you how bad a defense we were kind of playing out the game, then I don't know what will, because if you go on a scoring run as good as we did at the very beginning and are only up by like single digits, there's something wrong defensively.
1: Yeah, it was, th- I think it was 37 to 36 in the first quarter. Amazing shooting by both teams. And you're right. Bogey, I think was six of seven in that first quarter. But what's a little interesting is Bogey ended up only, uh, shooting eight, making eight three-pointers all night long. So it just tells you how the rest of the game went. The Jazz went in to halftime only up by five. I say only up by five, 65 to 60, because they set a franchise record with the most three-pointers in a quarter in that first quarter and still couldn't get it done. Listen, the reality is, is playoff P showed up in a big way tonight with 37 points. 16 rebounds and five assists. Paul George was the show of shows tonight, 24 hours after Kevin Durant put on an amazing show with 49 points, I think in 18 rebounds and 10 assists the night before or last night for Brooklyn. So you've seen two amazing superstars play their hearts out in playoff games. And if you're not an NBA fan, you should be. Tonight's action between the first game, the Hawks and the Sixers, which we'll talk about And then the Jazz Clippers, amazing basketball. And you got to give it to Paul George. The guy came out. They didn't have Kawhi Leonard, and he delivered um, Morris. He did the same, Marcus Morris. And then Reggie Jackson. There was a great comment tonight by Greg Anthony, who was the color commentator on TNT, that um, Reggie Jackson was Mr. June. Those of us who are old enough to understand baseball, Reggie Jackson in baseball for the He was called Mr. October. So a little, uh, a little shout out to Reggie Jackson, the basketball player for being Mr. June, just an amazing, amazing game by the Clippers to come into Utah steal home court advantage and set up a game six.
0: So Mitchell was on a streak. Those are good points, but just touching on kind of the jazz side of things where it might've gone wrong for them. Obviously there was a mixture of jazz, not playing well, but ultimately Clippers playing really well. Um, Mitchell was on five games in a row with 30 plus points, which is very good and makes him a superstar. Then the third quarter came tonight and we just fell apart and just didn't make any shots. Went 0 for 10 from behind the three and just lost our rhythm, lost our confidence. Lost, we, I don't know if we lost that. Like, the, I mean, the fans were still giving us the energy, we just weren't using any energy. And we just dug ourselves into a hole and Mitchell only ended with how many points he ended with just like 19 or something. Uh, so,
1: yeah. I think, I think Mitchell had, uh, had 21. Uh, for the 21 guy, points. Yeah. So we had
0: 21 five. points, five rebounds, five assists. And those are, those are okay. I mean, you're looking at you got to hold Mitchell to a higher level just because he's on that five games in a row with 30 points. And this is kind of his series. It did look like he was kind of, Rattle a little bit with injury, and so we only put up 21 points, and that just kind of isn't gonna cut it when you're playing against Paul George and the Clippers, even if they're without Kwai. Because, I mean, we're, we've said it multiple times that Clippers are a good team. They got Morris, George, Jackson. They all these players went up for over 20 points, and so you have yeah. gotta have your superstar put up superstar numbers and not go for. What did he go for? He went four, 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 or,
1: four of 14 from three. 14. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you're absolutely right. The, the, it, you know, it's hard to say this, but the difference was is Mitchell didn't get into a rhythm all night and that's because Bogdanovich was in a rhythm and Jordan Clarkson was in a rhythm and Royce O'Neill was in a rhythm. And so early on, Mitch just didn't get his looks. He didn't get his touches like he normally does and he just didn't get into that rhythm and by the time he tried to start going it was it was almost too late the Clippers had caught fire and were really handing it to the Jazz listen it's the story of the third quarter the third quarter the third quarter we are the Jazz route scored 32 to 18 in the quarter 32 to 18 that's a big spread Mm. after scoring 65 points in the first half. 37 in the first quarter, 28 in the second, they only scored 18 in the third. They only shot 27% in the third quarter. And then they ended up after setting a franchise record with threes in the first quarter, being solid in the first half with three pointers, they ended up going three for 24 in the final half, three for 24. That is not good. And that was the game. You live and died by the three tonight. Sometimes our offense is good enough that you don't say that all the time, Mm -hmm. but tonight you lived with it in the first half and you never separated yourself. And then you totally died with it down the end, but you've got to give it to the Clippers. Listen, Reggie Jackson hit a top of the key jump shot with Royce. I think, all over him or someone was all over him he just threw it up and he threw it up it goes in and it it, i I mean he shot it so it wasn't just desperation but it goes in and it was a backbreaker because the jazz had started to make a move and the momentum was there and he hit it but then terrence man another backbreaker drives from the corner goes up over gobert and i don't think he slammed it in but he threw it in got fouled and hit a free throw so even terrence man a second year player not scared of the Jazz or the moment or, Go- or Gobert. You have to hand it to the Clippers. I'll end this little segment of mine with this. Charles Barkley said it best in the post game just now. He said the Clippers had zero to lose. They had a free game tonight. They weren't supposed to win. They didn't have Kawhi Leonard. They were on the road. Uh, you know, they had no home court advantage. And so they could go out and just play, play, play. And that's what they did. And uh, boy, to watch them step by step by step matches in the first half, it was just as great as it was for a Jazz fan. It was deflating to only be up five points going into the half.
0: To touch on that point. It would have been one thing if our incredible performance at the beginning put us up by 15 or 20 points or maybe just 15 points, you know? and then we stumbled and fell apart towards the end of the uh, end of the game, then we still would have been closer just because it would have been a higher mountain for the Clippers to climb. And then the game would have been a little bit closer. And then maybe we could have used a little bit more energy to, from the crowd to pull off a win. But when you have an incredible first half and are only up by five, then there's no room for blunder after that. It it doesn't matter how good of a quarter you played because the reality is it's only five points in the playoffs. And then what the Clippers started doing was almost isolating Paul George, having him drive. Gobert would come over to help D because Paul George is going to beat you one-on-one. I mean, Royce did his what he was supposed to do. And then the second Gobert almost committed to help D, they would find either man or they'd find uh, Batum in the corner, just in, in the corner by the Clippers bench. And he'd either shoot a three, drive baseline, or just kick it out to another open man. And the Jazz just were running all over. Mitchell was tired, maybe or injured. And then they would convert. We weren't getting the stops we needed in order to lessen the gap just because of that play that they kept running, where George would ISO, go down, dish to somebody in the corner. He would either penetrate or just make the shot. And that made us running around in circles, legs got tired, and then our shots weren't falling.
1: Yeah, Spencer, great observation. I noticed that as well. And it's Batum. For the Clippers, he just stood in the corner. It has been a, we can say all we want. Rudy's been Rudy. He's been good. I'm so grateful to have him on my team. I watched guys drive in the lane, drive out of lane. Man goes in, he dribbles back out. Jackson Mm -hmm. goes in, he dribbles back out. They took it to him a few times and they were successful. But Batum is just out on the three-point line and it just stretches and it's over. We have to figure out, to how to keep Rudy in there. Uh, and, and here's, here's what I think fans need to understand about this series. The jazz were the number one made three point shooting team in the league this year at 16.7 made threes a game or 17 threes a game. The team with the best three point shooting percentage in the league, the LA Clippers. So wow. if you leave them alone, they'll hit the three. If you challenge them, they will drive and they are big and they are big and they are big and they are big. Let's face it, Paul George, Marcus Morris, Batum. These guys are huge guys to guard. They're not small guys. And so when they get into the paint, they're strong and they're people that Rudy hasn't seen night in and night out. And it's making it really tough, but you're absolutely right. They've just got Rudy on skates to a degree. He doesn't know whether to stay in. He doesn't know whether to go out. And then you, he played a lot of minutes tonight. And yeah. so that that didn't necessarily work. And Favor struggles when they come at him. Favors doing all that he can. Um, but man, I'm just going to go back to the stat of the night. The Jazz were 17 for 30 in the first half. Only up by five. But 17 for 30 from three. Then they ended the night 20 of 54. They went 3 of 24 in the second half. And no one really got into it. Mitchell's... Three points where they, they just looked bad and rushed. Uh, Ingles never really got into the flow. Bogdanovich finally made a three, but didn't look good. I think Royce was two for eight from three. Um, Clarkson had a long stint, but didn't hit the three. And and it, and it, and it hurt. Um, we had uh, We could go on and on about that, but you got to hand it to the Clippers. Boy, Paul George, he was really good tonight really, really good. And I don't know if the jazz have an answer for Paul George in game six. And if Kawhi is healthy, it's going to be really tough.
0: It's almost like the jazz won't stand. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to say weakness, but they don't stand because if you look at other teams, when they play like Paul George, cause obviously Paul George calls himself playoff Pete, but when has he ever earned that other than this series? And it's because when he plays other teams, they put a body on him, not saying Royce doesn't, but they make sure that he knows that they're not going to let him just run all over the place. And they physically hit him. They physically push him around. They physically let him know where the game is, but the jazz just don't do that. And so Paul George is like, listen, if you're not going to physically kind of restrain me, then I am that good of a player where I can kind of start shooting where I want. I can start driving when I want, I can start doing what I want in this game and it's my game now. And it's because the jazz aren't putting a physical body, a physical moment where they can just make a statement and say no paul george you're not controlling this game they just let him do whatever he wants and they and then it's almost like the jazz hope they can retaliate it's not like the jazz are the ones doing the blows where we're now the clippers are on the end where they're like okay we need to get back into this it's okay let paul george do what he wants and then let's see if we can respond to that and i it's just almost a different perspective
1: spence another great take on that and 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 listen I think Royce O'Neill is doing everything that he physically yeah, is yeah. capable of doing. He really is. And he's playing him tough. And Paul George is just, he's playing the best basketball of his career. I, sure. I, you can, people can say, Oh, well, yeah, he was thing. good. Uh, well, yes. Um, he's getting his looks. I, I think because they're spreading the floor really well. And listen, Marcus Morris is playing out of his head as well. And Reggie right. Jackson averaged 10 points a game during the season. And he's averaging over 20 in this series. There's a lot so, of things that they're doing right. Here's the difference even though Royce is playing well and he's putting a body into him, he's not big enough. If you, I'm mm. going to say one name and he's not as tall as Royce, but he's solid. When you look at a PJ Tucker, who's now with Milwaukee, he's not big, but he's your defensive guy who can make big guys think he's a rock. He's solid. The other night we were having an exchange. Um, and I don't know if you remember me saying this, and I don't have an answer for you perfectly for all those fans listening. But we don't have a big, strong wing defender. Torrey Craig was that guy last year in Denver, right? Um, and now he's doing it with the Phoenix Suns. When you have a big, solid defender, Royce is doing all that he can. Crowder is a they're, – they're just um, – we're going to use the word solid because I think Royce has the height and the speed and he's the positioning – It's just after a while he can't contain him. So another great take. Paul George is getting where he wants to get 37 points in 16 games,
0: five assists. That is a great game. Yeah. And are you there? Yeah. Sorry, you just want to blame for a second. And so I guess my other question is: are the Jazz spread too thin on defense? Because it looks like there was three players on the Clippers that were over 20 points and Paul George has faith in his teammates to make those shots. So I'm not saying it's Royce's fault because look, you can do all you can with Paul George and he's a great player and he's going to do great things. But then it's even almost depressing when he can just all of a sudden pass to somebody else who isn't as known Well, not, I wouldn't say as known, but isn't as uh, regarded as a scorer. And then they just score as well. Like Reggie Jackson, only averages 10 points during the regular season, putting up over 20 points tonight. Morris, I don't even know how many points he averages. Probably about 10 to 11 points during the regular season. And yeah, he averages
1: up- 13 points. He had 25 tonight. Now, these guys are making up points that Leonard didn't bring to the game. Right. If you look at that, They're all above average in this series.
0: They Which is playoff the, basketball, the, which is the, fine. The,
1: the Clippers are playing at a higher level than they've played all season. And they are living up to their expectations. They are living up to their expectations. This is what they
0: were expected to do from the get-go. So- the Jazz really live and die by the three because if they're not going to play defense, or if they're too spread thin on defense and can't stop them, then then the next answer would be score more points. If they're going to, if the Clippers are going to score 112 points tonight, then you got to score 113. But then when we live and die by the three in that sense, where it's like okay, we're not going to be able to stop them on defense, so now we just have to score more points to them on offense, and then we miss our shots. And so that's how the game goes. And it gets quickly out of control when you're missing three or four shots in a row, you're not converting, you go over 10 from three in the third quarter. And you're just looking at yourself like, wow, our game is falling apart. We're not stopping on defense. And then we're not even converting on offense. And then you're tired because you're spread thin with all these players playing above average, which is fine, playoff basketball. And now you're going down hoping you can respond, which isn't always a good look, but at least got to do it. And they just don't. So I don't know it. It's tough. Obviously the rotations without Conley, we, I mean, we can look for that as an excuse, I guess, but. Well, yeah, we could use the Conley excuse for about four games and
1: then, then Kawhi Leonard goes down. So the Conley excuse is out the window. I mean, uh, and, and, and uh, you're right. The jazz rotations are a little funky. Um, Listen, Paul George played great. Donovan Mitchell was so, so we, didn't get the separation we needed, and they came out and just put it to us again in the in the third quarter. So, game six now basically becomes game seven Boy, for the to win for for both teams, but more so for the Clippers. They do not want to come back to Utah, but man, we have to come out with some defense in intensity and and figure this out somehow, some way, um, and really slow down Paul George because if you don't. And Kawhi is healthy. It's it's going to be really tough. Let's swing over to a game which was off the charts incredible tonight. And that is the Hawks Sixers. Yes, yes. Again, the number one seed, both number one seeds now because the Hawks g- stole a game from the Sixers tonight in in Philly. So both the number one seeds, the Utah Jazz in the West and the Philadelphia 76ers in the East are pushed to the brink. They're both down 3-2 in this series. But this game was amazing because the Hawks came back from being down 26 and they outscored the 76ers by 21 points in the fourth quarter to win the game. And now they go back to Atlanta with the opportunity to be the fifth seed in the East and close out the number
0: one seed 76ers. Trey young with 39 points, but this statistic is crazier. And I, I want to hear what you think. Joel Embiid and Seth Curry were the only 76ers to make a field goal in the second half. Whoa. Where's Ben Simmons, right? Where's... Eight points. He only had eight points. Wow. So
1: where's Ben Simmons? Where's, you know, Korkmaz? You know, where's, where's Shake Milton, right? I mean, you're right. Respectively, Joel Embiid had 37 and Seth Curry had 36 for the game and no one else for the 76ers scored in double. So did, so did you can't win a game like that? And you're the number. Listen, we're lamenting because we're jazz fans. Can you imagine? Right. Oh, can you tip. imagine being a Sixers fan tonight? Not a good night for you.
0: Did the Sixers blow this one or did the Hawks just win this one?
1: Oh man. I, you know what? You could call it either way, but the Sixers blew this one. You're, you're up 26 on your home floor and you can't close it out. So yeah, you can say the Hawks were scrappy and Trey Young will say, we just never gave up and we came back and we stole the game and we won it. In this instance, on your home floor in playoffs with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, two super superstars, and you can't win, I'd say
0: the Sixers lost this one. I think with like, with two minutes left in the third quarter, the Sixers had a 99% chance of winning. And just based off the statistics, if you like... um, just based off a of probability and then I yep. think they were they, the Philadelphia was like 80% chance of winning until about five minutes left in the game. So
1: so so here's what's great about sports and this is why you and I do this podcast. This is why you and I and your brothers all talk about sports and why our family so steeped in sports. It is a microcosm of life. How often are you down? <laughs> And you're going to lose in life, and a 99% chance that you're going to lose. But that 1%, if you hang on to that, here's your philosophical thought for the night you hang on to that, you fight, you claw, you do what's right, and you get yourself up off the ground, you have a chance to win. And the Hawks in a sports setting tonight absolutely did that. Man, you got to hand it to them. The Hawks are the fifth seed, they have no business. Zero business being up 3-2 in this series and especially stealing a game from the Sixers, a second game in Philly like this.
0: Sounds like it'd be more fun to be the underdog than in the playoffs because you have nothing to lose and you could just play as hard as you can with no pressure. And that's what has been happening with the, the the Jazz playing right now. And even in Milwaukee with the Nets, Milwaukee almost stole a game from the, from the Nets, and obviously there's injuries there that might even continue. But it's just – I mean, playoff basketball is playoff basketball. If you – feel like you don't have anything to lose, you can really go after that win.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the Hawks definitely did that. And uh, switching over to 24 hours ago and one of the greatest, if not the greatest playoff performances yeah. by Kevin Durant, definitely. truly amazing. What's interesting about that game? I'm going to go in a little different direction about last night's game. The Nets win at 114-108 and go up 3-2 in that series. It's headed back to Milwaukee with – Brooklyn just struggling health wise, but this stat line is is strange and yet interesting and yet a mystery all at the same time. James Harden plays forty five minutes, hmm. scores five points, six rebounds, eight assists. Now the game was Kevin Durant's, and he was masterful and and cut his name in stone etched it in stone is one of the greats he's it's been there but it's really etched now but Mm -hmm. James Harden comes out bad hamstring guts it out plays 45 minutes five six and eight now swinging to the jazz is that what Conley needed to do is his hamstring the same as Harden's Is Harden's you know feeling better and this is This is really bad because we all know that Mike Conley is a in our eyes, he's our guy. He's on our team. He's had an incredible season. He has a big heart. And quite frankly, he's just a good guy. Just a good guy. So he'd be playing if he could play. But man, I'm almost like, can you just give me an Harden S game? I don't care if it's five points, six rebounds, and eight assists. Just give me the time because it could, it could switch things up. But um just an amazing game by Kevin Durant, 49 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists, played all 48 minutes and mm. salvaged the net season. And now they go to a game six in Milwaukee and possibly can close it out on the road.
0: Harden could have just been a decoy and just somebody that was in there to kind of open the game up for Durant a little bit more, but I don't think it would have mattered. I think Durant was just playing at a level that I don't know if anybody's ever, I vaguely remember Jordan games. I was way too young to remember exactly what they meant, but I've never seen a game like that before in my life where one player can just take over, put up the statistics, but just win a game for this team playing all minutes. And maybe if you translate that to the jazz, I don't know if Mitchell's like that yet. And he is a little bit tentative with his injury, but if Conley came in kind of, kind of got us a little bit more control of the game and was more of a decoy. I don't know if Mitchell is at that that level to just take over a game, put up 49 points and get all those assists. He's never had a triple double. So, I mean, it's hard to say, but yeah, it's, it was a crazy game and, and credit to Kevin Durant for really putting on a show.
1: Yeah. I, you're, you're right. Great. I mean, listen, Kevin Durant is better than Donovan Mitchell and probably will end his career as one of the greats. So hard to compare the two. I see your comparison superstars after that last year, you know, Donovan Mitchell put a back-to-back 50 point game. So uh, he he's in a, he he's in that level, but Durant's just special. One thing that's interesting about the Nets game, when you go to it and last night, Jeff green, who had a stint with the Utah jazz, not sure if it worked out, I guess it didn't work out. I don't know. We traded him midway through the season the ball movement wasn't great. We went on the floor, not sure what the chemistry was in the locker room, but he comes out last night for the Nets, scores 27 points. And he goes from three points line seven for eight. This is Jeff green, who we just, we didn't give up on him. I think the chemistry wasn't there for us uh, a season ago, but we let him go. Mm-hmm. And he goes out and really uh, rides side saddle with, or rides alongside of Kevin Durant.
0: Um I'm happy with the jazz team though. I know this is probably our team for the next couple of years due to like cap and salaries and everything. So I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm not sad about that. I actually really like, I this is the team that finished first place for a reason. Cause we're good. It, it just gets annoying. And this is maybe what it means to be a true jazz fan when we just get disappointed in big games where, where we don't play defense, we don't play good enough defense or we don't score enough points or just, it just i don't know it, it's it's hard watching games where we have everything in our favor where we where the other team's superstar goes down where we're at back at home and it still doesn't convert and it's due to lack of defense and missed shots
1: yeah i mean we're learning a lot we're learning a lot. you said a, you said a little bit in there i'm with you uh, as frustrated as we get as jazz fans, I, I love our team. You know, our brother, Sam, who is our special guest, uh, you know, in one of our recent podcasts said, listen, we were 52 and 20. We had the best record in the NBA. We went through the first round, got through the first round. We evened the series and we're ahead in the series against the Clippers. We've, we've had an amazing season and there's still more to go. And we still have a big shot to win it all. Um so we've got a great team. It, it, we're, it's just, we're, maybe we've run out of gas. Uh, you know We have been the hunted all year yeah, and not the point. hunter. Um, but I, I don't want to give up. Mitchell just didn't get it in, into a rhythm tonight, right? If Mitchell scores his 30 points, we win. It's as simple as that. And, and it didn't happen tonight. I know Bogey had a big game from the stat line and definitely in the first half. Um, but we're going to have to figure out how to stop Paul George. I know that Jackson might hit a lucky shot here and there. I know that Marcus Morris will hit a shot here and there. Batum will hit a three, but you, you, you can't, if Paul George scores another 30 points, I would say they win. And, and, and if Kawhi's back and he puts up 30, then they definitely win.
0: So I don't know um, what, um, what Kawhi's injury is like. It was ACL, right? They're kind of saying it's something to do with his ACL.
1: Yeah, there are differing reports, right? You'll see one post that says ACL. You'll see one post that says a sore knee. I I don't know if it's as bad as an ACL. I think it's a sprained knee. And here's the scary part. Do you think that that Kawhi just said, hey, listen, I know you guys can probably win without me. Let me take the day off. You Mm. never know. They are very confident in this series. You said it about the five minute mark of this podcast. They are confident. They are really, really confident, team.
0: Yeah. So I guess if we're going, if we're looking ahead to game six, I don't know exactly. It's hard to tell if we can make a decision or an accurate prediction on Kawhi being back. So it'd be hard to kind of judge the game but do you see the Jazz walking away with a win or do you see them just not not coming through?
1: Well, the tables are turned now because the Jazz have somewhat nothing to lose, right? They they can go in, they can play loose. I see Mitchell getting more urgency. I want to be careful here because he's our superstar and without him, we wouldn't be where we are. But many times tonight, he dribbled the shot clock down and slowed Mm -hmm. the game and in the third quarter you could just feel the game drifting away and mitchell was in the corner dribbling 20 19 18 17 and the game got really slow mitchell has to have some urgency he has to get into the sets force the action Drive and kick the ball the right way. When he does that, he's masterful. When he's slowing the game down, it really hurts the rhythm with the whole team. And that's my that's my analysis. So you ask, what will the Jazz do? They have really nothing to lose here. They can go in and play free, but they've got to play with their pace. From the jump, from the jump, we have to yeah. get on top of this team. But
0: I don't know. That's the thing is like I – it goes back to what I was saying earlier and what you were kind of touching on where the jazz are almost responsive. Like they're not, they're not controlling the game. Like you can look at this game and it is clear who is the one in charge. And it is Paul George. And sometimes a lot of times, actually, you can see Mitchell being that player for the jazz. And you're like, okay, the jazz fate is in the hands of Mitchell and he's owning it. But tonight it was the whole game is in Paul George's hands. And there was nobody stepping up from the jazz. I mean, we just experienced something great where Mitchell put up 30 points in five consecutive games. So I'm not ragging on him, but it just wasn't our game. It wasn't, there was nobody on the jazz that was in control of the game. And that's what I'm afraid of. And that's what happened. It seems to happen more with the jazz where they just let the game be dictated by the other team and they just kind of work with that. And I would love to see a jazz team do the opposite and be like listen this is our game we're dictating the flow we're doing everything you guys have to live with that and it just doesn't happen so i don't know i think i think with their backs against the wall the jazz play better with urgency you can kind of see it towards the end of games even when we're losing that in crunch time they really have electric abilities and hopefully that is a full 48 minutes next game
1: yeah i don't have the stats so i'm treading on thin ice here but i don't know if the jazz have lost three games in a row this season which they now have done i definitely don't think they've think lost they, four in a row i'm pretty sure they season. lost
0: three games
1: May, maybe they did I, that's what i'm saying i, I need yeah. to i need to be sharper with my stats on this one but i don't know if they lost four games in a row they're on the brink of losing four games in a row you're right you make a great point and we'll close it out here i'll put an exclamation point on what you said paul george it seems as though when he gets the ball he knows what he wants to do he, kn- he knows he can yep. he can Hopefully. isolate he can penetrate he can pull up for a three and i gotta be careful here because he's my guy and he's got us where we're going but when mitch gets the ball i don't know if he knows what he wants to do And they're double teaming teaming him. He's making some reads that are good, some that aren't so good. He has to get the ball, has to get into the sets, has to urgently, urgently, urgently want to get these things going and get going because if he sits up there and dribble, 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 it's not going to happen. And so I'm coaxing, coaching, and hoping for more urgency from the jump for the jazz.
0: Right. And it's like, cause Mitchell is athletic and good enough when he gets the ball and, and, and he has to make something happen. He can usually make something happen, but that's not by choice in a lot of ways. It's just, he gets the ball, he starts dribbling with it. And then he's like, okay, now I have to do this because the defense is doing this. Like I said, they're reacting to a lot of things, but it's different with Paul George. Like I said, about 10 plays in a row at the end of the game. Now I'm tripping myself. Paul George would isolate start driving because he knew what would happen if he drove. He'd get by Royce, Gobert would come over, and he'd have a dish out. The ball would be moved around, get back from his hands with an easier shot. And Mitchell was just like, okay, I'm just going to get the ball, and then what happens, I'll just react to it, and I'm athletic enough where it can usually work in my favor. But it's just a different style of play. And then the statistic is, I saw that when a team is, when series is tied 2-2, to the team that wins game 5 has an 83% chance of winning the series. So... Unfortunately,
1: yeah. yeah he, he, I, I like that stat. Here's here's the reverse of that. We still have a 17 chance, 17 percent chance to win. So that's okay. And we yeah, saw the I, I was, that the Hawks had a one percent chance of winning a game,
0: and they came back yeah. and won. So, well, that was my point of finishing the thought is, I like the underdog mentality, and if Utah can optimize that, they can use it to their advantage, and it seems to work out. And hopefully they channel that underdog mentality and that's yep. what can win them the game.
1: Yep. So, Hey, uh, big shout out to all those who listen to our podcast. We know we've got a handful of followers, please uh, post send notes, send an email, send a text, send our link to this podcast, subscribe. We'd love to have more. We're going to build some momentum. We'll be with you win or lose uh, the, the Utah jazz as we'll do more podcasts. As the playoffs continue, we'll move into the summer. Uh, look at the world of, 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 football or soccer, if you will, in the U S and also the Olympic games. So please subscribe, follow, listen, share with your friends, having a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to need everybody because the jazz are back at it on Friday night. And we'll be back with you uh, after the game.
0: Yeah. Just a quick fact uh, around the world. And this will probably be a fact that you can tell your friends and most likely they won't know, but Ronaldo just scored for Portugal in the euros making him the most Making the player with the most goal goals ever scored in the Euros, so he has made history being the most goal, the highest goal scorer in the Euros, um, as the Euros continue.
1: Yeah, Ronaldo. Ronaldo is powerful on and off the pitch. Um, yeah, not the sure if anybody saw he was at a press conference uh, yesterday or earlier in the week, and there were two Coke bottles there which was part of the sponsorship for the post-game or post-match press conference he's very particular about his diet he took the coke bottles and put them away and then he held up a water bottle i think coke's stock dropped this guy's the most followed human being in the world on social media and the power that he has we you know we can we can talk a lot about other rich people who have Lots of followers who sway the economy. But Ronaldo, off the pitch, has about as much power as he has on the pitch. But what a feat. What a great soccer player. Yeah. Has the, he's the complete package. And uh, it, you've seen in this lifetime, those who follow the game of soccer, just Messi and Ronaldo, what a special treat. We know Pele early on was great. We've seen a number of great players come after them. Uh, but these two guys have just been, been great players. Ronaldo, again just uh, just on, on a whole new level, both on and off the pitch.
0: Yeah, just a reminder to you, cherish the moments in sports because they go by fast. Um, all right, well, I don't have anything else. Do you, Dad?
1: No, that's it. Spence, always love talking to you. Appreciate the time. Uh, we'll be back at it on Friday night. And uh, go Jazz, man. We need this win. And it yeah. will be fun to salvage the season and see a game seven. I'd love to get to a game seven because game sevens are special.
0: All right, sounds good. Thanks, Dad. Have a good night.
1: All right, see ya.